0: The Fanny Mechanics Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep, and open up about women's health. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Fanny Mechanics Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash, and this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, global leaders in fertility and IVF. This week, we dive into the topic of yoga for fertility and menstrual cycle support. We go deep with yoga teacher Nicolette Briscoe. Nicolette opens up about her journey from working in the corporate sector, burning out, and how yoga simply changed her life. Like many people, Nicolette finds that yoga is her medicine. I think many of you may relate to parts, if not all, of Nicolette's story. Being so busy and stressed that you may not even be getting your period? How can yoga help restore the body's natural functions? We talk panic attacks, the moon, periods, different types of yoga, and how to practice yoga throughout the different phases of the menstrual cycle. Before we dive in, a little bit about Nicolette Briscoe. Nicolette started out in publishing and is a marketer, strategist, writer, and founder of Moonshot Marketing. She loves telling stories. She also has a side hustle, The Happy Living Project, which is a corporate wellness business. She teaches yoga, Pilates, and meditation to corporates to help busy, professional women take a break and reduce stress. She has an online library of content available to businesses. She teaches yoga for fertility and women's wellness, and even runs hen's party rituals. Her focus is simple. Nicolette encourages us to move more, reconnect, stress less. Nicolette has boundless energy and a great vibe. I hope you enjoy our chat. Nicolette Briscoe, welcome to the Fanny Mechanic Show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, I start with you so many questions, but I think well, what I'd love to know is, and for our listeners, where you went, how you got to where you are now in terms of yoga, you went from corporate to yoga. Can you tell us why that happened?
1: Of course. Yeah. Um, there's a lot wrapped up in that actually. Uh, you know, and I think yoga was sort of there for me. I think I dabbled in it around about uh, maybe 18 or 19 years of age was the first time I remember practicing yoga. And I remember going to uni and I went to a class and my class was on performance and, and cultural studies and theater. And my teacher stood on his head. And I was like, wow, people do that? That's amazing. You know, I just thought he was a magician. Mm-hmm. So I think I had that little experience there and I sort of dabbled with practicing yoga here and there, you know, throughout my time, but never consistently. Um, and what I found throughout, I guess, my career, particularly when I went to work and I worked in media and advertising for, you know, 15 years, um, what I found was that yoga was a little sanctuary when I felt a little bit too stressed or, you know, if things were a bit out of control or, you know, I moved and lived in WA for a few years and, again, I needed yoga just to feel grounded and feel a part of something. So I always felt like there was this undertone of it was there, but it was I wasn't really committed to it, you know. And then I suppose as my career really took off, um, in my early 30s, I was I worked very hard, typical A-type personality, just, uh, you know, highly competitive, highly uh, high achiever, just wanted the best, Um, out of my career when I was a corporate marketer, like working in media and advertising, as I said, and was sort of top of of my game, I guess, you know, head of marketing for a decent-sized media company, had a big team of marketers and production people, and just kept taking on more and more jobs, taking on more and more responsibility, and yes, 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 I was a yes woman, so yes, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, and, um, you know, typical of that industry as well. There's a lot of social occasions, so you tend to go out and have a few too many drinks, um, and then I guess I just started, it just all started falling apart to be honest. Um, and what I mean by that was I was so stressed. I was stressed my eyeballs. I was working, you know, probably easily 10 hours a day and probably working on the way to work after work and all of those things. I was training for half marathons at the time, so I was running long distance. If I wasn't training for running, I was probably at the gym. So all of these things that I was doing were completely exacerbating my um, my nervous system. Um, so a whole lot of stress was being put in, you know, stressed at work, um, stressed, I guess, from running and, and putting your body under severe amounts of stress to, to perform. Um, and, you know, at the, around about the same time as well, I was actually going through a phase with my now husband where we were trying to work things out, I guess, (laughs) a little bit of of a breakup in the middle of our now almost 13 years together. Um, So all of these things just piled in and the biggest thing that started happening to me was I stopped sleeping well um, and then I had a couple of panic attacks and I was like, oh, my goodness, there's something wrong here. Like I've never, I've always been a very good sleeper Um, and when I realized basically what was going on for me is I could never get my stress levels down, you know, like all those things that I was doing eventually took their toll on my nervous system and my system was so highly stressed out that I just couldn't like the smallest little incident would tip me over an edge. And then, yeah, like I said, I had a couple of panic attacks, which I'd never experienced in my life. And I was like, there's something wrong, there's something totally wrong here. And I explored a whole lot of different things and how to sort of get myself out of that. Um, you know, I sort of tried psychologists and I tried, um, you know, like I was running at the time, so I thought running was going to be my therapy. But, you know, in the end, the thing that made me, um, I guess, was like medicine for me was yoga. I went to yoga probably a week and I did that pretty consistently for at least six months until I felt like I surfaced for air and went, oh, my goodness, now I feel like a new person again. So, you know, why do I practice yoga? And I say this quite easily. I think yoga is my medicine, um, and I think I found that when, you know, we tend to find things that really work for us when we are under enormous amounts of stress or when we feel like we've hit a rock bottom. And, and for me, that was a big rock bottom. You know, I was at the the top of what I felt was my career, you know, I felt like, oh yes, if I only just get here or one more thing, one more thing. Um, but at the same time I was falling apart underneath all of that, you know, so turning up onto my mat every day and and processing um, the feelings and processing the fatigue and the emotions, you know, and particularly in a corporate marketing world or corporate media world, it was very, you're quite masculine and you're quite like, you know, your emotions aren't available and I was already like that, you know, and um, I was hiding a lot, I think. And, And I think what slowly happened over time was yoga just started to peel back those layers for me. Breath and moving the body, like getting into you know what I now know to be the chakra system, and um, so just allowing myself to feel and be and whatever that was and whatever um, the yoga practice would would bring to me on that day, you know. Um, and then I just kept going and going because to me it was my medicine, and I was like, well, if this is medicine for me, and I've been able to get away from you know this high stress and Panic attacks and not sleeping and I, at the, during all of this as well, I changed my lifestyle I stopped drinking, I changed how I ate um you know there was a lot of big changes that happened in that time, and then I just went on to become a teacher because I was like, well this is so this has been so life changing for me i I am so inspired to go and teach others i have to I have to share this mm-hmm. you know how can i how can I tell the world about this wonderful thing <laughs> you know so that's really what um what inspired me to to stick to it and and you know each year and especially now with a a young daughter my practice has changed and how i turn up and do yoga changes all the time um but i truly believe it's not just a practice that happens on your mat there's yoga on and off the mat as i always say and um breath and movement ultimately calms the nervous system so you know who doesn't want to be happier and healthier if it's able to do that
0: can you tell us about your panic attacks for our listeners, can you explain to them what a panic attack is? What does it feel like?
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, you can't breathe. Can't breathe. Yeah. Just for me, it was just, I can't, I even, like going there now, I'm just thinking about it and my body's going into it. I'm not going into it, but I feel the feelings that came with it, you know? I think it's just you're so overwhelmed and so stressed, or for whatever reason, um, something catches you. And then all of a sudden, your heart rate totally increases. Your breath just goes, you know, you, like you're hyperventilating, more or less, was what would that's how I would experience it anyway. And most of that was because my mind was jumping around like crazy. Like it, I imagine it like there was a little monkey with a miniature symbol in there, just bang, crash, bang, crash, jumping around like crazy. Like that's how I explain it. And I like it was just full of smashed up alarm clocks. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what better way to give you a description. My mind was going crazy. And when that would happen, I would go into like a hyperventilation. And yeah, when you and saw doctors
0: breathe. about, I assume you saw doctors about panic attacks? Psychologists, uh, you said? I didn't.
1: Actually, I hit it, to oh. be honest. Mm. I really did. Yeah, I saw a, psych- I, I, when it happened, I went to a psychologist because I knew I knew it was stress-related. 100% I knew it was stress-related. And a lot of it was actually because I was also starting to dig into what was going on with my hormones. Um, and, you know, that's, I'm sure that's a big part of what we're about to talk about as well is, um you know, I didn't have a period through all these years of stress, you know, and this high-performance, career-oriented, uh, very masculine sort of person. Um, I, I had amenorrhea. I had no period for more or less um, seven to eight years. So it was That's a big, a long time. That a big thing. That's a long so time. So no periods right? at all? <laughs> there was maybe one or two a year, but oh. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't remember it now. You know, I wasn't tracking it or anything at the time because it was very convenient to not have to – go through mood swings or, or go through any feelings that came with periods. I was like, this is great. I'm always in my like, you know, that sort of sense of when you're around, when you're ovulating, you're feeling quite energetic and creative and all of those things. I feel like that all the time.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so it didn't bother you that you didn't have a period? Uh, you actually feel it was quite question, convenient.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, not until I sort of got to that age where I was like, oh, goodness. Well, I was pushing. I was I started questioning it around well when I got into teach I started teaching yoga when I was um 33 and that was around the time I started realizing well there's something wrong here and I started to pay attention to it and wanting to heal it because there was an underlying thing there for me it wasn't just a physical thing I think it was a a big emotional link to um my mother had passed away when I was 25 years of age um, you know and having come through a um a Greek Orthodox family so very close to my mother, not as close to my father, you know, grew, grew up with a lot of spirituality. There was a lot I had to heal from her passing away and not being in my life anymore. So I think it wasn't until around that, that age, you know, around 33, where I went, okay, I'm actually willing to do something about this. And by that stage, I started seeing IVF specialists and um, sort of working out what was going on and, and, you know, doing all those sort of checks. And it kept coming up, oh, you've got PCOS, you've got PCOS. And did you? Um, or was it I a know. misdiagnosis? Misdiagnosis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a misdiagnosis. So but that kept came up, I reckon I saw three or four people and that kept coming up. Yeah. So that was quite interesting. And then, you know, as as I kind of the years went went by and then um my now husband and I were sort of well, you know, by this stage I was encroaching 35 and I was like, Well, You know, I'm coming to that age where if we're going to have children, it's got to be soon. Um, And, you know, and again, I went to a um, a specialist and I said, oh, look, the only thing that's going to help you have babies is IVF. And I heard that and was like, I wanted to run a mile. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're a runner after all.
0: (laughs) That would come easy.
1: right. Emotionally, I've always been an escape artist. (laughs) (laughs) um so yes so that was um look I had some procedures I had um some abnormal cells removed and there was a big journey that went with all of that so there was a lot of healing I felt from my womb space that I needed to do um but when that came up I sort of said that's great I'll come back to you in six months time if I can't bring my period back and I'll come back to you if, if I can't get a regular cycle um, and I actually radically changed my life. So at the time I was working, you know, as I was saying before, 10-hour days, five days a week, and I was teaching yoga on the side. So I would quite often maybe teach at night or at the weekend or whatever else. So I piled on quite a bit more, but I was determined to share my um, my newfound passion with the world. And what kind but of I, yoga um,
0: were you teaching? Or what yeah, How did you figure out which yoga school to go to, one, and, yeah, what type of yoga to learn so that then you could teach it? Because there are so many schools of yoga and so many different types of yoga. Which one was the, yeah. the better one for you?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, that's a great question. Um, there are so many schools and and sort of different, um, different ways. So I, I teach a couple of them now. And I think, to be honest with you, I think what ends up happening as a teacher is, I mean, I believe in authenticity and you bring to the table who you are and your teachings come through your journey. Um, so I found the vinyasa, sort of the... Um, you know, I guess Hatha Vinyasa. So Hatha is, I guess, the more traditional system of where it comes from, but Vinyasa is that flowing uh, breath with movement. Um, for me, that I wanted, I was such a, like I said, we've talked about me running a lot. So I was a moving person. So I needed to keep moving. And for me, practicing like that breath with movement um, although you do stay in poses statically up to, you know, eight or ten breaths sometimes, there was still that sense of, okay, you get to flow, you get to move. Um, and then I guess what I latched on to as a teacher. Interesting question. Um, uh, sorry, is it, um, I find Hatha Vinyasa more as a teacher. It's quite a creative um, way of teaching because you don't have to stick to a certain sequence. You don't have to stick to the same 20 poses like uh, like Bikram or, or anything else. So I quite liked that I could turn up on the day and be like, okay, I, this is the room that I'm reading. I'm going to teach this class today. Oh, there's been a full moon. Okay, everyone's energetic maybe. Let's teach this. Mm, like or that. I'm feeling like doing backbends. Whatever, it, whatever you want to theme a class on might be anything and everything, you know, and I think that gives you the versatility and creativity to pull in whatever posture you like. Um, of course, you're reading a room in terms of their ability, going on you know and I believe in being able to teach from um, your intuition and your heart Um, so that's what suits me best teaching from that practice but then that varies each day because I I believe in practicing with your cycle and your energy levels um so
0: tell us more about that how do you teach according to the menstrual cycle
1: yeah that's a big one (laughs) um because you run classes for this don't you I do I do yes yes I um I, yeah, and I guess to, to close off my story from earlier, uh, you know, when I was saying that I, I, I was told to go through IVF if I couldn't bring my period back, I did change my life, um, and what, triggered it was I went and did my yin teacher training. So this will wrap up the last couple of questions, I hope. I love yin, um, I love yin yoga. That's my favorite yin, yoga. Oh, it's divine. It's mm. divine. It, it really is medicine. Mm. <laughs> I think it's medicine for the soul. Um, and I did my 100-hour yin teacher training through the most gorgeous, um, amazing uh, yin teacher, Mel McLaughlin, who is wonderful. And she teaches through the traditional training um, and I so she teaches through the what? Days.
0: Can you say that again? It just uh, cut out. She teaches oh, I'm through sorry, the
1: yeah. traditional Chinese medicine system. So through the meridian system. So we practice yin yoga based on the, the meridians. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just had a really in depth knowledge. And I, I loved the way that she taught that and the knowledge that she imparted on that. Because during that 10 days, you know, for 10 days, I took a week off work and I went and basically lazed about in a room for ten hours a day, you know, like we did yin yoga for three hours every morning. It was amazing. Like you just just got to completely unw I felt like I took a holiday mm. and I was just going to Surrey Hills. The teacher training, it was, it was incredible. And at the end of that, I decided I was going to leave my corporate job. <laughs> so that 10 days, completely, and I'd already been teaching for two years at this stage. I'd been teaching um, vinyasa for two years in heated studios and, and everywhere else. And by this stage, I'd started my own um, corporate yoga business, because as I said to you, I was determined to, to, to help others. Um, and yin yoga just totally changed. I woke up, after, I thought I woke up afterwards, I went, right, that's it, I've got to change my life.
0: So Yin Yoga so I, uh, made you want to the go, I'm world. leaving corporate world, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What year was finally, that? Like, uh, ooh, 2000, 2017. Mm, 2017. That's pretty
0: recent. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, it was only three years ago. Yep. Yep. So not that long. Yeah, so I I took took my time. I, so first I would drop down to three days a week, um, which was basically me doing five days a week in three days. So that didn't really help. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Look, they they were incredibly understanding and everyone worked um, as best as they could to accommodate me wanting to do that. But the reality was it was a big company and that didn't really necessarily work for everybody. Um, So I went off and started my own marketing business. So I run now my own marketing business and I run my corporate yoga business as well. And I teach yoga for fertility. Um, So, yeah, it was yin yoga that inspired me to do that because of that sort of deep... um, you know that, that that time I spent with myself and that self study, which is a really big piece of yoga. You know, it's one of the the eight limbs of yoga is self study. Um, it's one of the niyamas. So we, um, I guess that that time of introspection and just diving in really deeply, meditating, um, just lying around and working with your energetic system. It was it really was like a holiday for my soul. <laughs> so yeah, it changed my life literally.
0: Can you explain to our listeners what yin yoga is? How is it different to the other types of yoga?
1: Sure. Um, so, where in Hatha Vinyasa, we would be moving breath with movement. And each time that you take an inhale or an exhale, you're most likely going to be moving through a posture. Yin yoga is you trying to not do anything. That's um, you know, so ultimately- good. It's, <laughs> yes, that's right <laughs> you in a class you might do eight postures you know and you literally will flop into one and i say flop because that's the ideal you know <laughs> get all the props and bolsters and anything that you need um and just flop yourself into it and just sit there for a good you know three to eight minutes in some some cases um and look ultimately you are moving into your fascia release so in um it takes at least 60 seconds for the muscles to turn off. So you're trying to get past your nervous system and your body's got to feel safe in a posture. So after that minute or two, your body completely flops and relaxes into the posture Um, and that's where the magic happens. So you really start to, you know, you might just be gently opening through your heart. You know, you might be into, um, you might have a bolster behind you and you're your chest might be nice and open and just by sitting there for five minutes, like you're going to get the sense of really deep opening through your chest and your heart, you know. So I don't know. I honestly just feel like it's a massive um, tune-up once, once you've walked out and you can attest to this. It sounds like you practice yourself. It's medicine, yeah. don't you think?
0: Well, the first time I went yeah. to a class, a yin class, I I cried so much. I'd never oh, cried oh, so think- much in public like that in my life. And oh, I remember – I, um, I was really impressed because there was a. The, I love the props in yin yoga, the bolster pillow, and, and the yeah. fact that there was a blanket. And, yep. <laughs> um, and the teacher had all these candles lit up, and
1: it oh, was gorgeous. just so
0: yeah. lovely. And I remember walking it's out divine. of there thinking, oh, that was just amazing. And um, yeah, I, I haven't done it for a while, to be honest, because uh, like you, I got into running, and I know they say that yoga is very good for runners. But um, I just stopped doing the yoga for a bit, and I've started getting into it again. Adrian, I, I follow Adrian um,
1: on YouTube. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian. Yeah, does
0: that? Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. Yeah, and, um, she does very well. But yeah, Yin Yoga is just a special type of yoga, and I, I often recommend it to my patients. But we'll talk, of course, more about this um, soon. Uh, I recommend Yin in the second half of the cycle, um, but. Let's, do, do we talk about yoga for fertility or yoga throughout the yeah. menstrual cycle first? What do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I think I'll just touch on something that you yeah. just um, you said there where you went and you had a really big release and you cried. And I think that's, that's the beauty of yin. Um, and I think... Um, because we're slowing down, because you're allowing yourself to feel and to just be with who you are, I think that's why I said that's where the magic happens, you know, because I do think you get these massive releases mm. and you don't know why, you know, where does this come from? But something energetically has released within you and what they say, like the teachers say, that they that the fascia within our body and all these meridian lines, it holds memories and it holds, you know, if you enter things of your past life and all of these other sorts of elements, So within the webbing of your body that you're able to access when you just allow it to happen. So I just feel like there is a huge um, healing potential when you're practicing yin. Yes, you can absolutely get better range of motion. Yes, yin is amazing for runners because you're just moving. I'm surprised you don't do a yoga for
0: runners course. Don't you just have time? You don't have time, hey, because it's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week.
1: I'll be honest. What what was that? (laughs) I said it's been a while. I gave away running um, around when I started teaching because that was exacerbating my stress. So uh, I I don't really run anymore. I reckon I would need to put myself through paces, literally. But well, I quite you,
0: You've been there, done that. <laughs> oh,
1: exactly. <laughs> I could absolutely teach it, absolutely. And I often have runners. Of, you know, you are always, typically in gyms and sort of bigger environments. You, everyone does different things. You, you know. Um, I don't know, high, there's high performance places you go to people, uh, boxers or kickboxers or martial artists and they're doing movement or yoga for another do, another reason. And as a teacher, you've just got to come to understand movement in general, you know. I'm sure you understand all that as well. <laughs> and you <laughs> become fascinated by it. I'm fascinated <laughs> by the body now. I, yeah. I secretly wish that um, it was the first thing I studied, not not media and marketing, but, you know, there's, there's still time.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> you, and you sound like you could kind of do whatever you put your mind to. Nicolette
1: that's <laughs> the a CA type personality probably yes
0: so um yoga for fertility program I'm intrigued tell us more yeah sure Actually, So before we are, before we go into that did you get your period back
1: yes okay. <laughs> can I tell you the week after I left my corporate job you wouldn't believe what happens
0: you got your period I got my <laughs>
1: period back <Yeah>. <laughs> yep <laughs> happens a lot <laughs> Yeah, I bet. So I think it was just that massive release of like, oh my God, I am done with that. And I didn't, and I had no plans. I had no plan. I was like, I am just going to let myself heal for a while, you know, and just trust the universe. It's got something else in store for me. I'm just going to teach and that's it. I'm just going to chill out and, the A-type personality got the better of me very quickly and I started my marketing business. <laughs> but, but it was all at my pace, you know. It was never, it was never, I don't, I don't work in it full time, I work part-time and I work with people I'm that are passionate. And I do that from from both perspectives. So yes, my period came back. I had a very, very, very long cycle. Um my first cycle, I'm pretty sure, was about 55 days. So huge. Um, And I was like, doesn't matter. The first one came. That's all. And I just kept staying so positive and I did my practices every day. So where I was, you know, when I was in my corporate life, I was running or lifting weights or doing whatever else. I stopped all of that. I let my body rest. I knew that's what I needed. And I was so, you know, I just slept every day. I would sleep for at least nine hours a day because I felt like I had so much catching up um, from the years of, you're just putting it under um, so much stress. I your, adrenal so I really just, rest, hey? your adrenal glands were getting
0: some rest, huh? Your adrenal glands were sleeping
1: big time. Absolutely. I was, exha- I was actually exhausted. And the more that I slept, the more, ne- more I needed to sleep. <laughs> and all I did every day was yoga or meditation or breathing. That was, those were the things that I did. And I had a huge focus. Um, and this is the huge, this is the big part of fertility yoga, is that um, paying attention to your womb space. I guess um, I will, I, and I do. I'm, I'm talking to you now, and I'm doing it automatically just by thinking about it because I'm connecting to the space on either side of your hip bones, that like just underneath your belly, you know. And just both hands were always there, and I was always just trying to breathe life and warmth and energy into my womb. Um, I, I did see a lot of acupuncture. I did a lot of acupuncture as well because I'm a true believer of um, the Chinese medicine system as well. And they kept saying to me, "Yes, your blood is cold. You're energetically, you're cold." and I wasn't supposed to have cold drinks and I was supposed to eat earthy things and keep things very warm and pranayama or breathing exercises are a way to warm your body internally and, and they, they sort of prescribe the same thing so I had a very um you know I'd roll out of bed most days and get like a warm cup of water and I'd sit on my my block and I'd meditate and do breathing exercises and I did that for a solid year, um, and that was, you know, that that first cycle was fifty five days long, and the next cycle was about forty five days long, and then eventually, each time, and it kept coming back, it kept coming back, but it was just a little bit shorter, you know, and and um, eventually, I sort of got it to still a longer cycle, so it was still probably around about thirty five days or so long, um, but I felt like that was that started to become very consistent at that sort of length, and that's when I knew I, I had healed, you know, I, I had processed a lot of the emotions I'd processed a lot of whatever had happened in my body because it kept coming back each month and I felt my hormones changing each month I was feeling you know I didn't I never got PMS I never got those feelings of fatigue and and like I'd forgotten what all of that was about you know it was just so many years without it and um that's when you know by that stage um my now husband and I uh, were ready to sort of start to talk about falling pregnant and having babies and I'm now blessed with a beautiful nine-month-old that I have at home here so and it didn't take long after that because I spent a whole year and I could you know it was a whole year from when I left to when I fell pregnant it was pretty much within 12 months um yeah so
0: it's pretty <laughs> good really coming from my... someone who didn't have a period at all for a number Absolutely. of years yeah
1: But I really changed everything, you know, and and that's not available for everyone. My husband was incredibly supportive and allowed me to do whatever I needed to do that year. You know, I taught yoga. Yes, I did a bit of marketing here and there, but I didn't have the pressure of needing to go to a job every day. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's huge, you know, like to have that support and to be able to do that. And we were financially able to do that. That That was a huge gift to myself. And we knew that because that was the choice that we made together instead of having to go and try IBO. That was the choice that I made to just radically change my life and give it a go and just try it. And I, I sort of said 12, I did say 12 months that I do it for and sure enough it worked, you know. Um, and that, that's not available for everybody else but um, I, I certainly think that if if you can do it, do it because, you know, there's, there's an innate wisdom in all of us and that's what I get so passionate about is that really deep down we our body knows um, and it wants to heal itself and we've just got to allow it to happen. And we've just got to give ourselves the best conditions that we can so that we can thrive, Now, whether that's through food, through movement, through nourishment, whatever those elements might be. Um, Yeah, so how do you give yourself your soul, your body, all of those levels, how do you you give it to yourself so that you can um, reach optimum health? Uh, Yeah, so out of all of this, you know, and I did start studying. I got so into my yoga practice during that time. um, I went and spent... uh, probably about six or eight weeks in Bali. I, I did a yoga teacher training there and, um, and and then after that I came back and was like, I'm actually going to focus on fertility yoga teaching. Um, so I did a course in that as well. And from there I used those practices myself, so to move cyclically. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, on average, a women, a woman has a cycle. I mean, you probably know better than me, but they say twenty eight to thirty days is the average women's um, uh, hormonal cycle, and it's the same as the moon. So, yoga for fertility is aligned with the phases of the moon. So, the phases of our hormones are aligned with the phases of the moon. So, that's kind of where fertility yoga, the practice, and what I teach. Um, I look at everyone's individual cycles and we track that together, or that usually most women are, at this phase, they're looking to fall pregnant. So they're already like deeply in tune with what they're doing. Some necessarily uh, may not be. Um, but I think that the, the lost connection is that of like, we are, we are still part of the earth, you know, we're still, um, I don't know, it's this sort of, taking it way back to thousands of years ago when women used the moon to connect to their cycles, you know, that concept of the red tent. So all those years ago when women would bleed or when women would birth, they would all go to the red tent and you were looked after by other women. And it was that time to sort of not be engaged in anything else in the world around you. It was that time to just rest and recuperate. And um, the way that we practice uh, during fertility yoga or moving with the moon, the, um, the types of poses and and the types of breathing exercises you might do are aligned with your um your cycle.
0: So how do you run a class then if you've got lots of women who are probably in a different phase in their cycle? How does that work?
1: Mm do you know the fascinating thing is they often they're not or if they are by the end of the program they're all aligned. (laughs) Ooh, really? Very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's spooky. Um, Look, what tends to happen usually in my experience, when I've taught, and I reckon I've I've taught near a hundred women in this, in this sort of area. um, And what usually happens is they turn up and when we look at it closely, they're either aligned to having their period when it's full moon or when it's new moon. Um, Typically, Typically, um, it, it, you ovulate at um, full moon, much brighter, more energy. You tend to be in your, um, like the, the world itself is brighter. So if you think of it like that, like not everyone is. I, my period is actually the opposite. I go the other way around. I bleed when it's full moon. So And a lot of other women do as well. That's so you me tend to too. I bleed with full moon yeah see, so I think i don't know i don't, I don't know what's optimal. I don't know what the right I don't think there is a right or wrong personally. I just think it's how you're affected by by probably the elements of the world around you, and for me, I'm incredibly tired at that sort of phase if if it's been a full moon, I just want to sleep
0: sorry can you say that again because it keeps cutting out you said um if it's a full moon, what, what was that?
1: I just want to sleep. I just want to. Yeah, for me, I get very tired if it's full moon. Yeah, and it tends to be either just my, I've had my period just before or around about that time. Oh, okay. It sort of it has its gravitational pull on us um, within sort of three to four days around that that full moon or around that new moon. So let's so let's just say like if if like you and I in this example, we're both bleeding at at um, full moon. So we would be, if we're going to be practicing yoga and if we were joining as a group or doing working together one-to-one, our postures would be very, very slow. Um, It's not yin necessarily, but we could absolutely do some yin together. Um, They would be nourishing for your uterus. Um, So things where, you know, we could try, if you cramp, you'd be trying to stop the cramping. You'd, again, just be trying to encourage that, um, like that, I don't know how to explain it, i guess a more positive blood flow mm-hmm. so what we deal with is apana it's the downward energy flow and uh, and quite often the postures are like you know open leg postures i don't know if you know the postures well but where your feet touch and your knees drop out wide so supta vada konasana yeah so we'd be lying down and the uterus and your pelvic bowl would be nice and open and so you know very gentle sort of postures you might do bridge pose but it might be with a bolster underneath you and so it's a very relaxed form of an inversion you know um, rather than uh, really energetic, uh, you know, inversion or whatever else. But uh, that's that's. Look, I tend to say that this is the time of your month where you should um, go and hide out in the corner if you can. Read a book, you know. Go and do those things that you don't ordinarily do. Meditate. There's more calming, quiet sort of practices rather than socializing and going out and being around a lot of energetic things. Because I think personally, this is my my um, mantra, I suppose, it's that one or two days of the whole month sets me up for the rest of the month. So, if I'm nice and quiet and introspective, and you know, I, half the time I just want to watch a really bad movie and cry <laughs> on the couch. And my husband knows that. He's like, oh, here she goes again. Let's <laughs> <You know? laughs> leave her alone, you know? And that's because and, I, I, don't, I don't do any movement. I tend to not want to do any yoga or any gym or I don't want to do anything like that. That's me because I'm honouring my cycle and I'm allowing my body to rest and bleed and I just don't think uh, – because I'm such a doer, I'm such a busy person, you know, I like, to, I like to try and get fitness done a few times a week or whatever it might be. I might have a yoga practice. But at that time of the month for me, I like to do nothing. Um,
0: and when you say that time of the month, hours. you mean the days when you're bleeding or the two days yeah, leading up to like your
1: period? The- for me, it's the first full day of bleeding. So mm-hmm. not like the day that my 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 period will start and it'll be spotting for a few days. I still feel fine then. My energy hasn't changed. It's the day the next day when I wake up and the period's really a bit heavier. That's when I I just leave me in a corner. My my hormones plummet at that day on that day for me. So I think everyone's a little bit different, but we tend to. Um, that's around about when uh, it's progesterone kicks in. Then right. And so I suppose uh, Progesterone yeah, you're is at, off.
0: at its lowest when you've got your period. Everything bottoms out. Right.
1: Yeah. But you've got yeah, so for me, whatever happens at that point in time for me, I just I don't have much yeah. to give the world, so I'm better off just staying inside in a quiet corner.
0: Mm. <laughs> Most women are. And yeah, I think I've, the problem is a lot of women don't know this or they're not in tune with that and then they just keep pushing on. And I always say mm-hmm. to women, you know, in, in especially in the luteal phase or in the second half of your cycle, yeah. um you know, take it easy. Don't push yourself as hard and allow yourself that and, and 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 explaining to them what happens hormonally, you know, why they get hungry, why they get the sugar cravings, why they get tired, mm. why they get moody and irritable. It's actually mm. quite normal. Um, normal. What's yeah. not normal is yet wanting to, you know, kill yourself or kill your partner, you know, that extreme, um, what we call PMDD or premenstrual mm. d- dysphoric disorder. That's not normal. But to want away, you know, you know, want to sit away and hide, or <clears throat> do some crafting, embroidery. Apparently, people become a bit more homebody, um, crafty <laughs> yeah. in that phase of their menstrual cycle. Oh, uh, uh, you know,
1: well, it's quite meditative. It so is that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you know, you're the I see you're you're kind of like a champion of a lot of women that I see because I see a lot of corporate women who drive themselves really hard, and um, a lot of them just don't know when to stop. And they, you, you obviously gave yourself some time. You had this innate wisdom to know that, you know, I have to work on myself and you worked on yourself for sounds like a few years until you then got your periods back and fall pregnant. But I feel that a lot of women are too much in a hurry. They're they're hurrying their bodies for healing that they are like, oh, come on, get your period, right? What what are they going to do for that? And they don't, um, have the patience to put in the hours of doing nothing, you know, mm. uh, which I find difficult sometimes to explain because it really is one of those things you have yeah. to learn yourself, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, that, that I think you've just hit the nail on the head and I think in, in this sort of, you know, time of if society, like it's instant gratification, right? Like we just want everything right away. And I was absolutely, I was one of those people. Um, but the question. It it boiled down to my ethics. I didn't want to pump myself full of um, the IVF sort of plan if I didn't have to. I didn't want to put my body through that. And, again, that innate wisdom. It was like something went off inside me. A firecracker went no bloody way. Like my heels dug into the ground energetically. Do you know what I mean? Like something happened inside me, and I'm a passionate person already, but a fire got lit up when I was told that. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I did anything I could to avoid doing that. What's my stubbornness. I think you say it's patience. I say it's stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> um, headstrong, yeah, headstrong. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that time and space, and because each month I was rewarded with a little treat. Like oh, it was it was a little bit shorter. You know, it was rather than fifty-five days, it was forty-five days. or oh, rather than forty-five, it was thirty-seven. And it slowly, slowly went like this. And each each month, I'd feel a bit better and a little bit more in balance, you know. Um, and then I also started because by this stage, you know, my marketing business had sort of picked up a little bit as well, and I was enjoying it again. I was I was wanting to be creative again because my whole body, my masculine, my feminine, was more. Um, Much more imbalanced. That's all I can say. It's the right word that I feel like I can choose. But then what I started to do was I would actually start to book my meetings when I was in the follicular phase of my hormones. So when my estrogen levels were dominating and I'd feel really outgoing and really creative and really focused, like for me, I was feeling all of those things again. So I would book all of my meetings and my, because it's a marketing business, I, I set up brands for people. I've got to be creative, you know, like, I guess, helping people with their visions if they're a startup, for example. So I would leave those workshops and those discussions for that phase of my cycle. And then I knew that in that sort of uh, luteal phase that you mentioned before, where we crave quiet, I knew I was going to be a better writer at that point in time. So if I'm writing somebody's copy, I tend to do it towards that, that time of the month for me because... I will have thought and digested all of these things and had all these conversations with this person and then I, I have that time reflecting on it and I trust my intuition. I'm a very, um, I guess I'm quite in touch my, with my intuition and I feel like that is the time in your cycle that if you're in the more feminine, you're in this craving of quiet and you're much more intuitive if you just slow down. So, yeah, I guess, you know, you say I was uh, patient, but I just think I just started to Really enjoy living like this, mm. and it wasn't about patience. It was about that constant little bit of reward each month where I'd feel more creative, and then I'd feel more intuitive. You know what I mean? It was all these little things, the subtleties um, that were changing that I was so grateful for because I knew all these little things were paving the way. Coming <laughs> and that's what I wanted. <laughs> get goosebumps, thinking about it? Yeah, <laughs> I powerful. would pray under the moon. Like I literally lived by the moon, and I and I um. Was living on the northern beaches at the time, and I would go down and I'd, I'd get my rocks and all of these things, and I'd shine them under the moon, and you know everything was. And I call my daughter the moon. I'm such a believer in the phases of the moon. What what did you call your daughter? Artemis. She's Artemis, it, oh, it?
0: right. Sorry, it, c- it keeps cutting out at, at, <laughs> on odd occasions. I don't know why it does that.
1: I'm so sorry. Arta- I'm no. not sure. I'm like, we've got torrential rain down here. So no, it that's be, okay. Um,
0: oh, that's fine. No, not an issue. Um, so. I wanted to ask you, women who mm-hmm. say that they can't do yoga, what do you say to them? Oh, you know, they say, oh, yoga's not for me. Oh, I can't do it. It's a good
1: question. Oh, of course, ask why. I'm a curious person by nature. I study journalism. I question the hell out of them. (laughs) Okay. So, so, okay.
0: Ask me. So, ask me. Um, Okay.
1: Why
0: why don't you do yoga? I don't know. I I just, mm, I, I don't know if I can stay still that long.
1: What if there's movement involved? Do you like um, other movements? Do you like going to the gym or do you like running or anything else?
0: I like all those things. Mm -hmm.
1: Why do you like those things?
0: Because they they make me feel good. They release endorphins. But I don't know if yoga can, Mm -hmm. can do that for me. Oh, absolutely. I'm making this Especially, up, by the way, right? Because I really do yoga. Yeah, no, that's good. I love a bit <laughs> but, of role play but, people, yeah, but people will say this, right? No, um, no I can't sit yeah, still. Well, I, I can't meditate. I, meditation is not for me.
1: That's okay. It took me years to meditate, years and years and years of practicing yoga. And I was definitely one of those people where I couldn't sit still. And this day I probably struggled. No, <laughs> I'm much better at it these days. But it took me years to get to a strong meditation practice. So don't even worry about that. I think um, a good style for you might be a vinyasa practice where you are constantly moving. It's breath and movement, so they're linked together. Um, we don't stay; we stay stillish. I'll call, I'll say, um, but because you're able to move through postures, you're going to use your muscles. You're going to get some good leg trembling. You know, if you if you're someone that likes to run or do squats or whatever else, I promise you, if you do a class with me, you'll have leg, leg trembling. <laughs>
0: I don't so, know if I want leg
1: trembling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we do in yoga is we try to build mental resilience. So actually it's probably going to make you a better runner because we learn to breathe through any pain and any sensation. And what I call that is resilience. So you're not in pain. You're just learning to feel. (laughs) Um, And I think if we encourage you to just get along to a vinyasa class because at least you um, are going to get probably a good workout and if you go to a heated studio you'll definitely get your heart rate up because already it's heating you from the inside. Um, We cultivate yogi breathing or jayi breathing when you're in flow and that gives you a lot of heat as well to work with. It's fantastic for your digestive system. It's really good to clear your mind. And I promise you your endorphins will be just as high as when you go out for a run. <laughs> and, and how about if I'm and on a period? then down the track. In six months' time, we sit down for meditation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what if I'm on a period? Is it, is it a no-go to do inverted poses? So a handstand pose, is that out when you're doing yoga you want on a period?
1: Uh, Look, I think different strokes for different folks is what I'm going to say. I don't have a hard and fast rule on this. I think it's what is right for you. Now, for me, when I'm bleeding, my energy is low and I listen to that. So like I said to you before, I don't personally want to practice at all. I just want to sit down and do nothing. Um, So I allow that to happen. So I I definitely don't do inversions. It doesn't feel right on my body. I'm much more wobbly. Like I love balanced postures usually. Like I really love a challenging, balancing, balanced, structured class. Um, and I can't balance when I've got my period. Like I wobble everywhere and it just frustrates me no end. <laughs> so for me doing an inversion, I, I don't have the strength. I don't have that to draw on. So I personally don't practice them. But other people when they're on their period don't feel the same way. So I would say I would encourage them to not do it, but I'm not going to stop someone if they're really dying to do something i think um there's there are some practices of um i guess schools of thought or schools of uh, yoga that say you don't practice on your moon days what they call their moon days Um, and i personally also subscribe to that but it's a personal preference I think I don't think it's a hard and fast you shouldn't I think years ago many many years ago it was linked to they thought if you got inverted and the blood was flowing out there was some kind of weird thing that went around the yoga schools. and I think it was something to do with um, fibroids Mm. was related to that or fibrosis I don't even know the story to it to be honest because personally it was never even really mentioned in the um, teacher trainings that I've done and I just truly believe in, in in listening to yourself so you do you, I do me. Doesn't matter what we do, if it doesn't if it looks different, it's it's okay.
0: And what of um IVF patients? Do you do you have much to do with women who are going through IVF as part of your yoga teaching? Yeah. And and what, yeah. what what kind of what kind of program are you looking at then? I mean, these women are having their ovaries stimulated, their ovaries can get quite big, they can get quite bloated. What would a program like them Look like for them. Look yeah, like.
1: look. Um, yeah, look. I think in those instances, I prefer to work with women one to one, so that you can really tailor that program for them. Um, I have had that a couple of students come along in, like quite often, I run the fertility yoga programs in a small group setting where there might be three, sometimes up to four women working together, and maybe one of them might be going through IVF. Generally, I say not to practice anything particularly in those days leading up to and then afterwards um I sort of stick clear of a lot of things again it depends on the effect on the person um I think again everyone feels those um hormones in a very different way but I tend to steer away from any particularly rigorous practice um during uh I guess yes as you say when their ovaries are being highly stimulated I think the body's going through enough You know, it might be more of a yin or meditative style. um, I was going to say meditation would be an
0: awesome thing to do every day of your IVF cycle, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, or breathing exercises. I think breathing is the gateway to meditation. For a lot of people, even just the thought of sitting down for 20 minutes with with your eyes closed for a lot of people just frightens the hell out of them. So I believe that postures like yoga or yin or breathing exercises are the gateway to us eventually getting to that. Yes, meditation and just like positive manifestations, you know, just telling yourself on a like little recording, you know, I am, I am able to cultivate life, whatever that I am statement might be for you. I think there's an enormous amount to be said for positive energy, and um, you know, a lot of people practice manifestations. If that works for you, you know, I, I'm capable of growing life. I am strong. I am resilient. Whatever that might, that I am statement might be is a really nice way, like a mantra, you know, on repeat or on recording, like in your mind to just sit down and just repeat that. That's a very simple meditation style to practice. Particularly that's that would be perfect for that time, yes. But yeah, breathing exercises, some gentle yin postures where you're sort of helping um the blood flow into that area. And help movement a little bit but yeah yeah it would be very different to if you were moving into your ovulation and you weren't on um, an IVF program for example yeah so again I think working one-to-one and really understanding what's going on in their cycles what's going on in their world is is the perfect scenario for fertility yoga but it, it doesn't matter if um, if we're still in the small group setting just as long as I know what's going on in their bodies that's the most important thing.
0: And now that we're in the midst of COVID, you're doing lots of Zoom as opposed to face-to-face or what's happening there with your business?
1: Yeah, yes. So I haven't run a program, fertility program in a studio now for, um, well, my daughter's nine months old, so it's been, <laughs> it's been. I've run one in a studio because um, I've worked with somebody one-to-one um, and that was them seeing me face-to-face because we can still do that during COVID. But, yes, the rest of my, my corporate teaching business has been online. Um, yes, teaching one way, it's not quite the same as dealing with real bodies. Um, but I still believe you can connect um, energetically. I still believe in coming together as a community and I think we're all learning how to zoom better and how to communicate better through the video world um you know so I'm certainly seeing that from even just from my marketing business Mm -hmm. let alone just teaching as a yoga teacher it is it is um again when it's one-to-one at least I can see you if I've got a group of people online on zoom it is harder to see everyone's bodies and to see or feel what's going on um yeah one-to-one's much easier with zoom absolutely but yeah you just we've all just got to adapt at the moment haven't we we don't really have much choice (laughs) i was thinking earlier when you
0: said um you know how the the when you run your yoga for fertility groups that uh women end up syncing their cycles often after they've been doing it with you for a bit i wonder if zoom would do the same thing it'd be very interesting because then you could say well maybe it is the pheromones that are bringing that on and or is it just the postures you know um do you know what i mean
1: mm, i do know what you mean i actually think it's got a lot to do with the moon personally yeah, okay. i don't i don't something know. bigger than us i do i think it is that and i think also when we start to look at ourselves and i'll come back to that concept of self-study it's such an important part of um, the yogic philosophy i think when we start to look at ourselves and study ourselves we become much more open to other ideas and if i say to you if you've never looked at your cycle and the moon and all of a sudden you know you've got this teacher telling you every week you're like oh my god this teacher might be a bit crazy but she keeps telling me to go and check the
0: moon (laughs) do you have an app on your phone the moon app
1: I don't I look outside oh, <laughs> I thoroughly Liz. enjoy looking outside. <laughs> Can I share something no, I, with I, I, you? I, please I might, I might be I I, only, yeah, I don't it
0: only really hit me the other day when I was reading a children's book about nature that when we look at the moon we see the moon light up at night. It's not the moonlight yeah. because the moon does not emit any light it's the reflection of the light from the Sun and I'm like mm. of course Of course it is. Anyway, <laughs> it's just a realization I had
1: and that no no not seeing a sun when it's new moon and that like time to be like darker and quieter, and yeah, it's great, isn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> to re, I mean, I'm sure we all learnt these things when we were kids, but it's so lovely to relearn these things, is it not <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,- kids' books are great for that
1: they are I'm reading so many of them at the moment, I'm loving them <laughs> I really am. So, yeah, I I just think what happens when women come together, like I think there's something so powerful when women gather. I really do. I I love teaching. I teach pre and postnatal. I teach anything to do with women because I have this huge thing about empowering women, women, sorry, and I did that. I used to mentor young girls when I worked in media. I now coach women through my marketing business, and I feel like me as a yoga teacher is still that empowerment piece and being able to just give people knowledge in a different way that they may not have. It's just shining a light at a problem, I suppose, in a different way, you know, like the tools and the things that you give to a woman are going to be very, very different to what I give to a woman. But ultimately we are aligned in wanting to help her get better. And I think once um, you, like I said before, you open your heart and you open yourself to learning and to discovering more about yourself and, um, finding new ways, the the body has this amazing wave. I think that's part of the healing, you know, I really feel like. And then in these group scenarios, I think a lot of the reason that the periods tend to align is because these women start to share some stuff that we don't talk about. I feel like that's a big part of it, Tash. Mm-hmm. I really feel like we really try a lot an of, our feelings of that inside. Um, just the fact that, you know, you... Well, for example, what I hear come up often, and it's something that like, you feel like you're inadequate. Sorry, What's what what,
0: what do you feel that people talk about? Well, give us an example they of feel that? Feel
1: like because they can't fall pregnant, if they can't fall, if they're trying, like there's so much stress involved in trying to conceive. It's stressful, like mm-hmm. even even like, and and then you have you add problems to that or complications to that, and everyone's complications or issues are very very different. But I think the big thing is that we just don't talk about it. I don't necessarily call. Up, I mean, I do because I'm that person. But I will call up my friends and talk about my, my cycles and what's going on. And I'm okay with that. But I couldn't have. I couldn't have. Clearly, you're okay because <laughs> you, be you run okay. classes. <laughs> I'm totally okay. I'm though. glad I'm you're like okay. Talking about vaginas and everything, all of that juicy stuff. Sex, you name it, I'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but I wasn't, you know. And I think there are a lot of people out there that aren't. They're not comfortable about talking about what you know. My cycle's not right, or um, I don't. I read this. I, I read this. This is a lady called Lisa Lister, and she has written a few books on loving your lady landscape is what she calls it. Loving your is... lady landscape, Lisa yeah, I Lister. Love wow, I yeah, love I'll it. Put that on the top of everyone's. If you're trying to conceive or you're trying to love your uterus, your vagina, your bleeding, your flow, whatever you want to call it, read this lady <laughs> or listen to her on audiobooks. She's also got a wonderful turn of phrase. Um, on, I really like her, but she will get you more in touch with things down there, you know, more comfortable with sharing. But I think that's a huge part of it. We don't talk about it in society. Mm.
0: And the and conversation needs to now, change with us. I always say, women, we need to talk about it. You know, people go off and go on talk. about, oh, men don't understand women. And I often and you say, you know what? We don't talk about, about
1: it. Hmm? Yeah. And we often don't want to talk to mm. our husbands or partners about this stuff because they're like, well, what do they understand about periods and that? Because quite mm. often they, they, they try their very best, but they don't understand. Right. And so then you start to worry that there's something wrong with you or why. And then maybe your sex drive goes as well. And you don't want to talk to them about that. You know, like there are so many deep issues that come with this stuff. And I think the big part of it is when women come together, magic happens. Mm. I just think we're able to, we, we, we are naturally like the feminine energy is emotional. It's, it's, it's touching, really we're nurturing, you know, and all of these things just come out that little bit more you know, and I just think when others start to talk about those, those things that we've been maybe hiding or that we've been burying and not, or not comfortable speaking, you just start to get a little bit more confidence in talking about it yourself, Mm. going actually, well, she's going through it and I'm going through it. So it is normal. It's Mm. normalizing it, you know, I don't know. There's a lot to be said for that, I think, because, um, trapped emotions, just, they end up causing more stress on the body. And a huge part of of the practice of um, yoga for fertility is, is just unwinding the nervous system and just allowing people to just start to be calm. You know, it's a big part of it. And that helps fertility, it helps IVF, it helps whatever else is going on in your life. You know, your relationship is just a huge part of happiness, I think, is just calming those stress levels. So,
0: and what's your favorite mm. uh, yoga pose? Do you have one or yoga sequence? <sighs>
1: Oh um look I look it varies. Every day I turn up it's something different because I, I practice from my intuition. I don't come and go I must practice the same sequence. I have been through periods of my life where I've stuck to one thing because it's not how I ordinarily think. I'm a more creative person, so I need different things every day. Um so I, I tend to like balance because I like the challenge of balance and I love moving through lots of postures where you're expanding and contracting. So you're sort of and then closing in in, and sort of coming from one leg, one standing balance to another and and just where you're really having to focus and breathe through something and anything that allows my body to breathe in a bigger, deeper way, I find that's when I get my, you know, endorphin hit, I suppose, because you're working hard to stay focused and to breathe through all of it and still stay calm and, um, still get hot from the inside i don't know it just varies every day but if i'm feeling energetic it tends to be a lot of balance legs i love legs day put it that way <laughs> 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 but you know if if i'm bleeding like i said to you it's yin. it's like put me down on the ground and let me just fold forward on my bolster and legs wide open um wide leg forward fold you know just sit there supported beautiful legs up the wall um and just open your legs wide with the legs up the wall love stuff like that you know so it, it just varies day-to-day I don't know I think it's a very yeah whatever I, I always I have no expectation when I land on my mat because your body different each time you land on your mat so I just roll with it <laughs> the
0: roll, with, po- roll with the poses roll with the poses that's
1: it <laughs> mine
0: is uh yeah, I- my favorite is the child's pose
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Love that one.
1: Hard to not love that one, huh? Yeah. It's, it is. It's beautiful. It opens the lower back, your intuition, your third eye is connected to your mat and on the earth there. And it's that time to just turn in. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Simple, now, but beautiful.
0: The Happy Living Project is the name of your <laughs> yoga business. Uh, what That's other right. services do you offer? Tell okay, us. Okay, so I about teach.
1: You. Yeah, cool. I um, I teach yoga. We've spoken a lot about that. I teach yin. I teach Pilates as well. I found Pilates was amazing when I fell pregnant. Um, pelvic floor health, still being able to work your abs, you know, I think Pilates, that was when I did my teacher training for when I felt just before, um, when I was trying to fall pregnant. And then I did my entire teacher training when I was pregnant. So that um, also gave me the groundwork to work with pre- um pilates i think is instrumental to pelvic floor health um so before and after you carry a child um i also love like i said to you i love bringing women together so i host um hens parties you know uh do I you women's gatherings <laughs> yeah that's I pretty cool women together. So You do lots of chick- <laughs> uh, is there yeah. such
0: thing as a chicken's pose or a hen pose
1: no, but I'm sure I can come up. With them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got chooks in my backyard, so I'll just go inspect what you they You just have just to observe
0: around. them. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I just I think it's just I mean these days you know I know this is what I did for my for my hands. I didn't I didn't I'm not I didn't want to go and party. I'd done plenty of that in my earlier years. So I just wanted to come together in a really feminine way, and I had um and i had my my wedding and i did my hens just a few days before my wedding which was in bali and i had my one of my favorite teachers from where i've done one of my teacher trainings lead us in um what was just a beautiful gathering with women and i just wanted to bring that back here and it was it's really just connecting with women on the soul level and um being guided you can just do a really fun practice or we can make flower mandalas like there's all sorts of there's definitely flowers involved put it that way um candles involved all the lovely feminine things you know so anything yeah, to do with femininity that. um no okay. mm. I love bringing women together we do there's so much magic that happens I think when women come together I mean you know when you get together yeah. when you're best best girlfriends you know yeah just I was thinking like about the women in my
0: life last night I was thinking yeah you know what I'm, I know so many amazing women because I was thinking of doing this podcast with you and I thought god Nicolette's just awesome and I thought oh god there's so many awesome women out there there? <laughs> there really
1: are <laughs> there is there is I'm so so inspired by, um, yeah, whether they're powerful women, nurturing women, whatever it is, I just think the the, the shakti energy, the feminine energy, it's divine. Yes. It really is. Like I think yeah. we have so much beauty to share. We have so much truth and light within us all. You just got to listen, and you got to find your people, and yeah. um, you know, yeah. Go out and have fun.
0: I've got this um, awesome leather jacket that says the future is feminine on the back. It's embroidered, so this is like it's like a biker chick jacket, but on the back it's got the future is feminine in these beautiful embroidered colours. I love it. Yeah, I do. Can we mass
1: produce those? I love that.
0: And uh, I always talk about Prince, but he always used to say the future is feminine, and he always used to um, have women in his bands because he loved the feminine energy in, in creating, helping create music. Um, now I wanted to ask you some more personal questions. Um, Mm. I suppose we've talked about periods. It's pretty personal, but, um, other questions (laughs) like getting to know you, uh, you know, like in your life, which people have been your biggest inspirations, Nicolette?
1: Oh gosh. I, um, I grew up in a Greek Orthodox family, so I feel like I was Surrounded by a lot of passionate women, <laughs> um, it's Passion. a very strong character traits. Yeah, of the Greek women. So my my mother, you know, I said I lost her when she, I was twenty five. So that was very. That was sad, and it's brought so many teachings, like with her, you know, she she taught me to be a mother, and I know I notice that now with my daughter, you know, and all these nurturing qualities that I didn't appreciate at the time. Um, yes, yeah, so I think I've got my my I've got brothers. I'm the only uh, woman, I suppose, in, in the family afterwards. Um, amazing aunts. I have two nieces, both of my brothers each have a daughter each. So I feel like I am surrounded by women. I've got a daughter, <laughs> and I think children are your greatest teachers. Um but outside of that, I I love Oprah. Oh, yeah, Oprah. me too. Oh. <laughs> I just, uh, oh, I
0: adore that woman. Oh, oh
1: so do I. Her yeah. spirituality teachings. I just think she's made spirituality mainstream. Mm. You know, the, the people that she talks to, her wisdoms on Sunday. Yeah, her Soul her Conversation I lo- podcast. Oh, I love, oh, yeah. I love, I love, love everything to do with her. She, yep. um. Definitely, definitely um, inspires me. I also love Marie Folio. I think she's like a modern day. Yeah, she is, um, isn't she? More business oriented. Yeah. Opera. I used to love her yeah, videos. I, I was obsessed with her videos. Yes.
0: But she doesn't do she's them the much character. anymore.
1: No, I think it's just because of COVID. I feel oh, like we are going to come back. I'm just optimistic. But she's written a book. Hasn't her podcast she? is good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, everything is figure outable. Um, yeah, she's great. She's a very inspiring woman, I think. Um, she's always got else? amazing hair. Oh my God, she's got amazing everything. She's yeah. just got personality and she's not afraid of it. Like she, she teaches authenticity. Yeah. Me? She's just authentically, like she's a Jersey girl, you know. Yeah. Like, and she's. <laughs> I think she's amazing. Yeah. Um, sure. I don't know. Other women, things like people like Aung San Su- Suu Kyi, you know, they just really stood up for what they believe in. I think anyone, anyone that, yeah, an empowered woman is what I'm attracted to. Uh, and that comes in so many different, anything from a political leader through to someone you meet on the street, you know, you just get that sense. My mother-in-law, incredible, you know, really empowered Irish woman. (laughs) Yes. I I get a lot of energy. Mm. I remember you talking about her very
0: fondly, which is nice to see when people talk about their mother-in-laws fondly. You don't often hear that. Yeah,
1: true. I know, I know. Yes, I understand that. But, no, I'm blessed there. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's a strong woman. I love it. How about Hillary Clinton? Um,
0: Because on – on your on your website for alternate nostril breathing, you've got here, read about <laughs> Hillary Clinton using this following her parliamentary loss. Is she someone you look up to?
1: Uh, no, not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, just, I just thought I'd yeah, ask, yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. I read that because um, she's using a calming uh, pranayama or breathing exercise she was dealing with loss or she was dealing with stress or whatever she was dealing with. You know, I just think it's, it's like it it can be mainstream, you know what I mean? doesn't matter who you are, um, breathing exercises or yoga or whatever it might be, is practised by so many different people. Yeah, mm. That's all it was really. So I do think she's an incredibly powerful woman, but um, I just don't like to delve too deeply into American politics, to be honest. I'm out of my league there.
0: What if Oprah ran for president? Would you suddenly be be interested in American politics,
1: Nicolette? (laughs) (laughs) I would absolutely, definitely. definitely, She would have my vote in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even need to look at what her her party was uh, standing for, you know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How about favourite books? You mentioned earlier Lisa Lister's Loving Your Lady Landscape. Any other books? Yes,
1: that's a beauty. Um, Look, she's got a few out there, but that's great. And I just think also if you're interested in, you know, getting more in touch with your womb. Your vagina and that sort of space. She normalizes a lot of that, so she's great. Um, Yeah, Oprah Oprah books, The Path Made Clear, Wisdom on Sundays, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, But I love my favorite, favorite, favorite magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Say that again. Um, Your favorite.
0: Your favorite book is my
1: favorite book is Big Magic by Um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Great book. Great book. Great book. Great book. Great book. Yeah. Amazing author, her turn of phrase, she's eloquent, She listening to her voice. If it's an audio book, it's just she's everything about, I love all her books, but that is my favourite. Um, she's an amazing author. Yeah, I just think I got a lot on creativity from, I guess, being able to harness creativity, now whether that's, um, you know, in, in my marketing business, whether that's teaching yoga, whether that's creating something tasty in the kitchen. I got a lot of tips from that one. I reckon I've listened to it and read it four times and I don't do that very often. Mm -hmm. I actually, I'm not a rereader. I'm a once off kind of lady. I recently listened to Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, Since having my daughter, I'm listening to things more than I am reading. It's not as much time to sit down with a book these days. I bought that a Um, a couple of weeks ago, so it's a good one, huh? It is a good one. I liked it. I liked it. Again, very um, empowering and, you know, she's just learning, relearning her, her life. Um, yeah, I think it's all these like, you know, undertones, particularly like Liz Gilbert. You know, she was married, she was in, in a, a male female relationship. She was married to her husband for a long time. And then, you know, later in life, she fell in love with a woman. And, and then, then she passed her. away. Yeah. And then Tragic. she passed away, you know. And I just think, wow, okay, there's still like, we're still learning so much about ourselves as we get older. And Glennon Doyle's the same. She was married, had children. And then, um, a lot of this story is about her untaming and just letting go and just, trusting the universe and you know undoing because I think she was quite religious in the years prior to that and I don't know again it's just this like trusting of yourself that to me that's always the undertone of of the books that I tend to fall in love with are uh, learning how to trust I, I I read mostly I guess self-development books or spirituality books whatever you want to classify the genre to be <laughs> yeah
0: and how about songs mm. that make you happy
1: Oh gosh, I love music. I love it. I'm such a dancer and I sing, you know, I've really found my singing voice since I've, um, you know, since I had Artemis in my belly and then um, certainly afterwards it's like I unlocked something in my throat. I love, I have yoga playlists coming out of my ears and I love putting together a playlist that takes you up and brings you down and takes you on like not many words, just beautiful sounds and rhythms and I love Cuban stuff. If I'm having a dinner party, Cuban jazz, it's like my favourite Spotify playlist at the moment. Cuban jazz. <laughs> um, but if I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. just gets, I don't know, it's a bit more energetic and I don't know, I will sing or dance to just about anything, can I tell you? I'm really not... I love drum and bass. That's from my 20s. I like, put on some some banging <laughs> banging music and I would dance my heart out. I've always, like. I used to be a belly dancer when I was in high school because like, I really, I really love dancing. I can see dancing. that. Like, I can't, can you? Yeah, yeah I can, you can see the well belly enough. dancing. You can yeah. feel it in my expression. It is <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to move your hips and jiggle the bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. So just about any music, as long as it's not too sad and soppy. I'm not a it's just it's not anything uplifting I suppose yeah
0: and do you have a dream collaboration
1: oh I love collaboration I just love it can I tell you it's one of those things that again it's like find people that you connect with and if you can make more magic together then do it I don't know I don't have any one person I think you and I talking together is a beautiful collaboration you know it's like two totally different worlds that can come together to help people I just think collaboration is um just a wonderful way of helping others and I, I definitely have that in me. I I try to find ways to help others wh- whatever that looks like, mm. you know. Um but no, I don't I mean I'd love to work with Marie Folio or Elizabeth Gilbert absolutely, but I just think, you know, having a conversation to again someone on the street or whatever that is, it's just being open and um authentic and I think quite often if you both have a will, then you'll find a way to come together, you know.
0: My last <laughs> question to you. Top five mm. tips for teaching yoga. So what what would you recommend if you're mentoring someone who is going to be a yoga teacher, what would you say to them?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think be the energy you want to attract. I think it, it's an energetic practice as much as it, as it is a teacher. I think when you come in contact with other people, you exchange energy and it's a big part of yin, it's a big part of yoga and if you're touching people or, trying to inspire a room. If you walk in without any confidence or um, if you're sort of tuck hiding from yourself, then others will feel that. So I think you've got to be the energy you want to attract. That would be my, and that's just generally in life anyway. I just take that attitude towards just about everything. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about self-inquiry. Um, so I think never stop studying yourself, that continue the self-inquiry because you will Find so many lessons in yourself and others will learn from that as well and you'll be inspired to create your, um, your truth will come from that, um, your sequences, whatever else. I think that self-inquiry is certainly where I get all of my, my pearls of wisdom that I'm able to share. And it's just, um, yeah, being authentic, you know, it's the same sort of thing. It's um, just connecting to your own authenticity. Like why hide when you can just be a light warrior, you know, or be um, in your truth. Um, I think just always remembering that yoga isn't about reaching a perfect posture and how I do it isn't necessarily how it looks on you or how it looks on somebody else. It's not about that at all. Um, we're just, as teachers, we're just there to guide people. Um, and I just think, you know, there's a, there's a saying that goes around, it's, it's not about the, how you get to the posture, it's what you learn on the way down. Um, so I think that's really important. Stay um, Stay grounded. I think staying grounded is really important as well, because if you get to here, there and everywhere again it's that energetic thing that people may not um may not be able to get as much from you um, there's plenty I- of good. Good pearls of wisdom Is that there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Was it fine? <laughs> Not particularly good at counting, it turns out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicolette, for chatting today. I've learned so much and I'm inspired to um, do more yoga, actually, after this conversation and to tell more oh. my, to, tell more of my patients to actually incorporate it in um, as part of their cycle, whether they're going through fertility treatment. Um, we haven't talked about menopausal women or the perimenopause maybe that will be yeah. another chat but uh, thank you another so much conversation
1: thank you so much for having me i really am so um honored to have spoken to you and to share what i know and anyone that just wants to chat please just drop me an email or, or reach out i'd, I'd love to I'm, as i said i'm in the business of helping people and i just feel like if i can offer you something i will
0: <laughs> how do we get in touch with you what are your um what's your website and an uh, email
1: Sure. So the Happy Living Project is my business name. Uh, my Instagram handle is the Happy Living Yogi. And um, you can reach me at Nick, N I C, at theHappyLivingProject.com.au.
0: Thank you so much, The Happy Living Project. <laughs> That's
1: it. Thank
0: you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Nicolette Briscoe that it's inspired you to look into yoga philosophy and practice. Share this episode with someone if you think it will help them. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel, and if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic, and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, cool people like an interview, or books for us to read and share. Until next time, stay Fanny-tabulous.